Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the first chapter of the mystery novel, A Merry Christmas Anniversary Mystery by Anna Celeste Burke. It's read by local actor Julia Reimer. A Merry Christmas Anniversary Mystery was published in December of 2020. The excerpt you're about to hear is Chapter 1 from A Merry Christmas Anniversary Mystery, the ninth book in the Georgie Shaw Cozy Mystery Series by Anna Celeste Burke. Georgie Shaw, our leading lady, is Vice President and Director of the Food and Beverage Division at a Disney-esque entertainment empire built upon the success of a cartoon cat. In her 50s, Georgie's a busy, career-minded single woman who lives with a loud-mouthed Siamese cat named Miles. She hasn't given much thought to romance in a long time. Georgie's life turns upside down when there's a murder in the theme park, and Detective Jack Wheeler is assigned to investigate the case. When Georgie met Detective Wheeler, it was love and murder at first sight. In A Merry Christmas Anniversary Mystery, Georgie and Jack are celebrating their first wedding anniversary. Their celebration begins in New Arcadia, the site of Max Marley's most ambitious project ever an entire modern city in North Palm Springs. Christmas is just around the corner, but the weather is balmy. Their resort accommodations are luxurious and offer plenty of surprises. The music and decorations make it a merry place to be at the happiest time of the year. Georgie's boss, Max Marley, even keeps his promise not to disturb them. Suddenly, their celebration goes up in smoke. When no one can locate the maniacal genius, Georgie and Jack join in the search. Where in the world is Max Marley? Chapter One Shake, Rattle, and Roll I love Christmas, I said, as my husband, Detective Jack Wheeler, and I approached the new Arcadia Visitor Center. The decorations are gorgeous, aren't they? Mad Max Marley, my boss and founder of the marvelous Marley World Entertainment Empire, had gone all out this year. Here at the main entrance to New Arcadia, and in Irvine, where the Arcadia theme park is located, Max had Christmas trees installed that rival the one at Rockefeller Center. I've never seen more beautiful decorations anywhere, Jack replied. I'm glad we decided to drive to Palm Springs after dinner. We wouldn't get the full effect before dark. Jack was right, except that we hadn't exactly decided to get here this late. It just sort of happened. Too many phone calls were part of the problem. Jack had given plenty of notice that he planned to take time off from his job with the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Still, last-minute issues with his active cases came up. As a corporate vice president and director of the Food and Beverage Division, I also had my share of matters to resolve. Two troublesome Siamese cats added to the delays. I must have told Miles and Ella half a dozen times not to worry. We won't forget to pack the cats. The minds of cats, however, work in mysterious ways. Being underfoot and flopping down in the suitcase was typical whenever we packed. Today, though, they decided to remove items from the bag the minute I had my back turned. Thinking about it all again, I began to feel uneasy. Jack, you don't think those cats know something we don't know, do you? They're making me anxious. Why have they been so quiet on this drive? 
Miles and Ella do seem to have an uncanny ability to sense when trouble's ahead. Trouble spelled M-A-X, and we're getting closer. He's promised not to rope us into doing business with our anniversary coming up at the end of the week. I heard him schedule the company jet to get us out of Palm Springs and to Cancun, as scheduled before he invited us to celebrate here first. I'd initially resisted, but Max's invitations somehow always end as the kind you can't refuse. It's not just that he's my boss, but he's temperamental and crafty. He wins in the end, so most of the time it's easier to give in. Besides, it's hard to come up with objections to a week in a penthouse suite at a soon-to-be-open resort hotel in Palm Springs. You made good on your promise to pack the cats. Maybe that settled them down. They are seasoned travelers for cats. I checked on them in the rearview mirror. Sharing a carrier strapped into the back seat, I couldn't see much other than a tail twitching. Nor could I figure out if the tail belonged to Miles or Ella. When Jack made a sudden turn, I quit trying. Where are you going? A sign said, New Arcadia Resort Guests, exit here to transport. Great. I am ready to put my feet up and start relaxing, I said, as an impressive-looking archway appeared. It glowed in the dark, lit at night by solar cells that absorbed sunlight during the day. The glowing lights weren't just for the holidays. The Santa in an aerodynamic sleigh pulled by sleek-looking reindeer and appearing to float in the sky was... As we pulled up to the archway, a gate lifted. A person stepped from a welcome station built into one end of the arch. Jack rolled down the window and holiday music poured in. Then Santa stood in his sleigh and greeted us. Welcome, Georgie and Jack. Merry Christmas and a happy anniversary, too. With a ho-ho-ho, Santa quit waving at us, sat down, and the music quieted. Hello, a young woman said a little too loudly now that the music was so low. Welcome to the new Arcadia Resort Destinations entrance. We have you registered in the Grand Arcadia Gardens Resort and Spa with a checkout date for Friday, if you can bear to leave us. I'm Wendy, and I'm going to check you in so you can go directly to your room when you arrive at the hotel. Uh, thank you, Wendy. What do you need from us? Jack asked. Nothing, really. Unless Santa read your name wrong when he checked his list of who's been naughty and nice. Wendy smiled broadly, standing under a nearby tree that had begun to glow when she approached us. Uh, so far, so good, Jack responded. He sounded friendly enough. I'll take that as a sign that we're on his good list. Celebrating your first wedding anniversary in this fabulous place must mean you've been good this year. I have something for you. The arch is your portal to the transportation system, which provides access to your resort hotel and its amenities. This system allows you to explore subterranean shops, restaurants, and attractions. There are plenty of above-ground options you shouldn't miss, though. That's especially true if you're a fan of golf, tennis, or hiking. Unless you already have a place you'd like to stop, the loop will take you directly to the Grand Arcadia Gardens Resort and Spa. We got a late start today and don't know our way around yet. Uh, the direct route, please, Jack responded. Of course. I have your passports, one for each of you to wear and one for your car. 
Hold out your hands, please. She placed a tiny dot on the back of our hands, which vanished. All I could see was a hint of iridescence. I knew it worked because Max had done a demo for us at a previous visit to the hotel. For that visit, we'd parked in the Welcome Center and traveled to the hotel above ground. This would be my first trip underground. The tiny dot Wendy called a passport was an organic compound infused with nanoparticles. They allow the resort system to monitor our whereabouts while we're in New Arcadia. With our voices or a wave of the hand, we could charge our meals and other purchases. Once our car is parked underground, the passport will give us access to other forms of transport. For your car, she added. Then she reached inside and rubbed a nearly invisible patch in the corner of the windshield. Do you have any questions for me? Oops, I'm sorry. I almost forgot. These are for your fur babies. Jack reached out and took two slender collars for the cats. He passed them to me. They were made of a soft, stretchy substance. A small black bow tie had been added to one and a little red poinsettia to the other. I tugged at one of them, hoping the cats couldn't chew them apart. Don't worry, Wendy said, peering into the car and watching me. They're sturdier than they look and perfectly safe for Miles and Ella. That evoked a response from the cats as they gurgled and mewed. When I checked on them in the rearview mirror this time, they were pushing each other out of the way, trying to see who'd spoken their names. The fur babies say thank you, Jack offered. Can you tell me about how far we are from the hotel? I can tell you exactly how far you are. 22.8 miles. It won't take you long to get to your hotel, Wendy added, smiling. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. It's fast. An opening suddenly appeared beneath the archway. Our greeter moved her arm as if she was the spokesmodel on a television game show. Jack pulled up into it and entered. When he pulled forward, the entrance closed behind us. A dim golden light showed us little as our tires grabbed the surface, or as something grabbed them. Then a golden-tinted bubble enveloped us. Please roll up all your windows, place your car in park, and turn off the engine. Sit back and relax while we transport you to the destination resort of your dreams, a woman's voice said. Jack had already done those things before she spoke. He let go of the steering wheel and linked his hands behind his head. You're going to love this. Frank Fontana took me on a ride in a police vehicle yesterday. We were both pressed into our seats, which was the only sensation of movement I experienced. The golden bubble that had been semi-transparent was opaque now. I gripped my seat, waiting for more to come, but it was over in less than five minutes. How can that be? I asked as we slowed and then came to a stop. When the bubble disappeared, we were at the below-ground entrance to the hotel. Jack popped the trunk and rolled our windows down. Hotel staff descended upon us, opening doors and welcoming us to Grand Arcadia Gardens. When I climbed from the car, I searched for a rail or track I needed to step over. Instead, all I saw was a black strip under our car that continued in front of us as far as I could see. The black changed to a flecked, sandy-colored terrazzo which continued into the lobby. Once inside, bright lighting caused the flecks in the flooring to sparkle. 
The lobby opened to a soaring atrium surrounded by hanging gardens. The scent of flowers that enveloped us was familiar since I'd experienced it on my previous visit. Tonight, the addition of pine, peppermint, and spice created a holiday potpourri of Christmassy fragrances. Why not? A dizzyingly tall pine tree in the center of the atrium was hung with strands of candy canes, cinnamon stick stars, and other ornaments. Strewn with twinkling lights, the hanging gardens were magical, as angels blowing their trumpets hovered nearby. Toy soldiers, gift-wrapped packages, dolls, and teddy bears were under the tree, as a sleek, modern-looking train circled. Jack and I stood motionless, taking it all in. Did I tell you I love Christmas, I asked. Yes, and so do I, Jack replied. Let's go before Mac shows up and lectures us on all that's gone into creating this incredible display. Jack took the cat carrier from me as a small SDV, self-driven vehicle, loaded with our luggage, led us to a nearby bank of elevators. The elevator whisked us to our floor, and the SDV entered our suite after Jack opened the door with a wave of his hand. From habit, Jack went for his wallet once we were inside. Oops, there's no bellboy to tip, he said, and put the cat carrier on the floor. That also means no bellboy to unload our luggage, I sighed. I was about to grab a bag from the little wagon-like vehicle when a disembodied voice spoke. Oh, contraire, Georgie. Welcome back, Jack. I understand Miles and Ella are with you. Felix, is that you? Jack asked. Who else would it be? Since we hit it off the moment we met, Max insisted I assist you during your stay. Yay! Felix added, without a hint of sarcasm in his tone. Speaking of Max, he has something to say to you at once. One moment, please. A wave of exhaustion hit me as I leaned against the back of a couch in our sweet sitting room. I worried that Max had an agenda for us tonight, despite his promise to leave us alone. Is he going to call or knock on the door, I wondered, as he suddenly appeared right in front of us. Welcome, Georgie, my dear girl. You too, Jack. I'm so glad you arrived safely, and I hope everything is perfect for you to put your feet up and start your well-deserved respite, Max said clasping his hands behind his back and smiling. The 3D image of Max standing in front of us had to be a hologram. It was so lifelike that if it had been here when we walked in, I would have believed it was him. Congratulations on your first wedding anniversary. It's been an eventful year for us all. I can't tell you how much I've appreciated having you both in my life. Thanks, too, for indulging an old man's wish for you to spend part of your anniversary celebration in New Arcadia. It's a milestone to have the first couple ever married in this newest desert city return to mark the occasion. I hoped to greet you in person, give you a hug, Georgie, and shake the hand of the man you married. He deserves a slap on the back, too, for bringing you great happiness. Thank you, Jack for making Georgie happier than I've ever seen her in the nearly 30 years we've worked together. Hiring her was one of the smartest decisions I ever made, and marrying you was one of hers. Max paused as his voice caught, and he grew misty-eyed. I teared up, and Jack reached out to cut my hand in his. Duty calls. 
Once you're settled in and my current business is finished, I insist you let me take you to dinner. Make yourselves at home. Good night. With that, the image vanished. That was so moving, Felix sniffed as if he'd become teary too. He admires you both so much. Master Suite, SDV, pronto, Felix ordered. The cart began moving again, although pronto wasn't what I'd call the pace at which it moved. Jack leaned over and let the cats loose. They sniffed the floor around them, and Miles warily searched the room. I wonder if he's trying to find Max or Felix, I said as I followed the STV. When Miles came after me, he spotted the STV and darted ahead. He growled, and Ella's tail bushed. That didn't stop them from following the slow-moving vehicle at a safe distance of one or two cat lengths. Kitties don't like, Jack whispered as we made our way to the enormous, beautifully appointed master suite. The STV approached a door that slid open, revealing a walk-in closet. Once inside, the STV flattened to the ground and appendages emerged from both sides. In minutes, the luggage was unloaded. The two bulkiest pieces were set on luggage stands, and the bags containing our dress clothes were hung up. Other items were stashed neatly in a corner. I wish I could tip him, Jack whispered, as the SDV stowed the appendages and left the closet. Sorry, Jack, Felix replied. At Max's insistence, there's no tipping allowed. Well done, SDV. You may go. As the SDV spun around, both cats that had crept close when it quit moving jumped a foot off the ground. You can go now, too, Felix, Jack added. I kicked off my shoes and stowed my purse in the nearest drawer. Are you sure? I was going to show you around. There's a chilled bottle of champagne in the fridge, along with snacks. Treats for Miles and Ella, too. That got their attention, and they both popped out from under the bed. Miles bellowed. I'm sorry, did you say something? Felix asked. Uh, no, that was Miles asking for his treats. I'm going to go get them. How cute that the cat speaks, Felix continued, as Jack and I headed back through the sitting room to the kitchen and dining areas. Treats are only one of the delightful things about this suite. How about a cozy fire and seasonal music to go with the champagne? Felix didn't wait for us to answer. One of Jack's favorite jazz singers, Kay Garland, began to sing a sweet, languid version of White Christmas. A fire was crackling by the time we reached the fireplace. Uh, you've been great, Felix. Thanks for all your help, but I'll take it from here. Good night. Good night, Felix uttered as Jack waved his hand. Quake, I shouted as I grabbed Ella from my lap and dove under the dining table in our penthouse suite. This was our third morning in the lavish hotel. Max had kept his word not to intrude, although I was beginning to worry that he hadn't called to arrange our dinner date. We'd had two gloriously peaceful days exploring Max's strange new world taking shape in New Arcadia. I should have known that wouldn't last. Don't worry, Jack said as he picked up Miles and followed me under the table. Max claims this hotel is built to withstand the biggest quake Mother Nature can unleash. As the room continued to shimmy and shake, Jack appeared less confident. If this isn't the big one, I don't want to be around for it. Rattling sounds came from all around us, and the entire hotel swayed, 
or rolled was more like it. Are you sure this place isn't going to sink like the Titanic? We might as well be in a storm at sea. It's meant to roll. Uh, the entire building has flexible joints that can slide with the quake's motion. What's the rattling noise, I asked. Probably the blinds and windows. The items in drawers and cupboards, too, although magnetic locks are activated once the motion reaches a certain level. We'd hear more than rattling if the cupboards and drawers were flapping and the stuff was spilling all over the floor. These quakes don't last more than a minute or two. It'll be over soon. As Jack spoke, the motion lessened and then stopped. The cats, who usually demand an explanation for unusual human behavior like sitting on the floor under a table, hadn't squirmed or made a sound. No purring from them either, though. Phew, I said, scooting toward the edge of the solid, exotic wood table that could seat eight for dinner, or more if you added another leaf. Its size didn't matter, since Jack and I weren't planning to have any dinner parties. I was grateful for the table's hefty size, though, as long as it didn't collapse and flatten me like a pancake. What's that sound? Jack asked, putting a hand on my arm to keep me from going anywhere. A low rumble grew louder, as if it were getting closer. Aftershock, I asked. My answer was a blast that shifted the entire hotel building in one direction all at once. The windows didn't rattle, but made an oomph sound, like a person who's had the wind knocked out of them. The building righted itself as the motion and noise stopped. That was no quake, Jack said. This reading of A Merry Christmas Anniversary Mystery was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. A Merry Christmas Anniversary Mystery is available for purchase. You can learn more about this book and the author on her website, DesertCitiesMystery.com. Check out Kings River Life Magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. KingsRiverLife.com and krlnews.com. Our theme song, The Blues, was written and played by Kevin Memley. Now we'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter to get special interviews with the authors of the podcast stories. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL at Kings River Life. Now, if you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it, because this helps make us easier for others to find. If you'd like to help support this podcast and Kings River Life financially and get some fun perks, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com dash kingsriverlife. Until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, wishing you a life full of mystery.